This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Hello, I'm Cheryl Kuhlman, Managing Director of the Wharton Social Impact Initiative. We're being joined here by Jim Gitvins, President and CEO of Goodwill Industries International. And we're going to talk about uh, their, their really successful hybrid model for um, their business. So welcome, Jim. It's great to be here. Good to have you here. I know you're, you're talking to a lot of folks about Goodwill. And, and one of the things that I think is really interesting for our audience to hear about is Goodwill is one of those sort of highly recognized brands. I mean, you guys have been around a while doing great work. But why don't you, for the audience, tell us a little bit about the core of your work? Because I think a lot of people may know the name more than they understand what your business is. You know, it's great. It, it's great to be a part of Goodwill. It is a household name. Uh, there are more than 3,200 uh, Goodwill stores throughout communities all over the place. Uh, and a lot of people do know the mission. More importantly, they know that it's a brand that they can trust. Uh, but our real focus is not uh, the thrift industry. Our focus is really revolves around job creation and job training and working with individuals and families uh, so that they can achieve their own personal economic success. And I think that's an interesting point because I think for most people, when they're, they're aware of goodwill in the, the stores, um, the thrift stores, and they probably have this tendency to see those as an end in themselves, that you have the stores so you can have money. Tell the, how, tell the audience how the, the stores help you do your mission. Oh, well, the, it's, it's really twofold. So we have this network of goodwill stores each are community-based organizations uh, that provide a wide range of other community services. Uh, but the, the retail store model uh, serves two functions. One, that entire business infrastructure to the tune of about $4 billion is an infrastructure that's fully leveraged uh, to create job opportunities for people with disadvantaging conditions. So it could be transitional employment, it could be first-time opportunities, it could be job training programs, uh, but really working to create an inclusive uh, work environment so that uh, individuals with barriers to employment get a shot. And we are just as happy when we have a talented team member leave us for a new and a bigger and a better opportunity uh, as we are to have them on the team in the first place. Uh, and then secondly, uh, if uh, those Goodwill stores are run successfully, and they are for the most part, uh, all of the earnings before incremental mission activity uh, are then plowed back into that community uh, for other programs and services uh, to sustain that organization and to meet the specific needs of the community where that goodwill is. Yeah, and you, you know, you mentioned that that word sustainability, and I know for many social enterprises, either for profit or, or nonprofit, they really are trying to focus on sustainability. How do I, how do I make sure that I can keep doing the mission that I want to do, mm -hmm. and how do I get the capital and resources to do that? So your thrift stores provide a really uh, successful example of how that happens. Yeah, we. Um you know, we're fortunate in many ways that the model has been able to uh, create resources to support and fund some incremental growth. But 
still uh, capital for anybody in the not-for-profit space is always a difficult thing to come by. We've got an innovative initiative uh, that we call the Goodwill Job Creation Fund right now that has been launched by Goodwill Industries International in partnership uh, with three founding investors, the Kresge Foundation, the Casey Foundation, uh, and the Ford Foundation. And what's really exciting about it is it's, it's a loan fund two goodwills to build out the social enterprise, but its measure of success certainly uh, calls for repayment of the loans, which happens 100% of the time, mm-hmm. uh, but more importantly has a very social impact-oriented scorecard uh, so that we can connect the dots uh, between uh, the economic or capital outlay and the social impact that's derived from that very specific investment. So let's help uh, talk about this a little bit and, and bring it down to examples. So if I'm a, a local community, a CEO of my local Goodwill, mm-hmm. I can go to this fund if I want to sort of make a bigger store. I can go to this fund and get um, money to make an investment that way? Is that how Correct. I use it? Correct. So for expansion, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it's got, it's a, you know, we currently have one kind of product offering uh, in the mix, but we're looking to expand that. Because like you said earlier, uh, right now we haven't fully demonstrated the, the full sustainability of this process. It's working economically, but is it going to bring enough value from a capitalization perspective uh, uh, to make it sustainable, but we we have uh, we're very optimistic about it, and it looks as if the model is going to work really well. Yeah, and I think that this this kind of innovative financing is so um, important for the nonprofit approach because even if you're even if you've got a strong, steady donor base, there's so much fluctuation and change in the nonprofit industry that looking for different revenue streams becomes increasingly important. So it's I think it's great to see. Good, you know, brand names like Goodwill figuring out how they can be innovative around this. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's great. Yeah, so are you loaning money out of there yet, or we is are. it just we are? It started with about a ten uh, ten million dollar initial round, uh, and almost the entire uh, amount has been uh, has been uh, committed. Excellent. Uh, at this point, uh, you know, the 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 most interesting thing about this whole sector is. Uh, when you have levels of economic stability, you can actually focus on the community needs and then put plans in place to meet them. And that's really the key to a social enterprise model or a sustainability model. Yeah, and I, I think that it's impossible to you know, under, overestimate how important that is because for many nonprofits, there isn't that kind of stability and they're really you know, having to scrape by each year. So anytime you can get some stability and get some vision into the future, you're able to do things a lot, a lot more effectively. Yeah. Interesting enough, our founder from 1902, uh, many of the words uh, he said in his time are words that we are all using today, whether that's really the importance of reclaiming the value of both lives and of things, uh, all the way to this notion of being dissatisfied with the status quo. Mm. So he's, and he was quite an environmentalist uh, uh, then too, and we're really connecting the dots between our model and environmental impact now as well. So in that not being satisfied with the status quo, how does an organization like yours, 
established, great brand name, you want to protect the brand and make sure that you're, you know, really doing the good work that you've continued to do it. How do you get innovation going? You've done it, obviously, in the financing area, but how do you get new ideas happening? Are you a top-down kind of guy? Yeah, well, you know, you know, there are moments that sometimes it'd be nice to be top-down, but we're not. Mm -hmm. uh, so we actually are designed and structured uh, as a networked organization of 165 uh, independent community-based organizations uh, in the United States and Canada and then 14 other countries. Uh, but what that actually results in is 165-plus innovation labs, test laboratories, where Goodwills will try new things, and if they work, we share. And then it's really about rapid replication. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's innovate and replicate. Uh, and then, you know, there's never been a replication where you don't have to customize that innovation to your own community needs uh, because we're in the human services business. So you kind of got to gotta make it work within your community. Uh, but that, that's one big one. But the other one is we have to have a real open mind for self-disruption right now. Uh, Those you know, are words the, business students love. Yeah. <laughs> well, the competitive, the competitive landscape, technology, new markets, uh, all are things that we're uh, staying right on top of. Uh, eBay. eBay. Was eBay a disruptor to a Goodwill model? Probably. But Goodwill embraced that, and we have, our, we have uh, not only a great partnership with eBay, but we also have a uh, shop Goodwill. Uh, auction site that has grown rapidly over these last several years. Uh, so innovating, uh, embracing those disruptions is really key to everything that we try to do. And when you're thinking about how you're going to, you know, uh, expand these, these disruptions and your ability to respond to them, what role do corporate partnerships play in this? Well, corporate partnerships are really important. Uh, they're important both from a cause marketing perspective and a building the brand, but they're also important from a uh, acquiring uh, resource and energy within community. Uh, and so as, as corporations are trying to build more substance, more substance, so moving beyond the PR component of corporate social responsibility, uh, and really trying to have impact for the uh, investment they make, whether that's economic or talent or uh, their own team members' volunteerism, uh, they want to know that they're they're having an impact. And so, for Goodwill, we have that like great model that allows our partners to have great employee engagement, uh, have a great cause. And then, you know, at the end of the day, benefit an entire community by strengthening the workforce that, that those corporate partners work in. That sounds great. So we've covered a little bit around financial innovation. We've covered a bit around, you know, innovation and, and new models and new approaches. We hit a little bit on, on the kind of corporate angle. So l let's turn quickly to things around HR. You know, because I think that one of the things for for those of us who have worked in the in the nonprofit sector, there's always tension around wanting to get really great employees and give them a career path, right? Mm -hmm. Have them find a way to not just be good in the job that they have, but to be groomed for the other job. Uh -huh. How do you think that either Goodwill itself or the, the nonprofit sector has to get better at doing that? What are some ways? I, you know, I think talent. Uh, acquisition in the not-for-profit space is, you know, is a top three challenge. Uh, 
So acquiring uh, top talent uh, is is an area that I think everybody across the sector has to pay attention to. What we try to do uh, is bring in talent at Goodwill Industries International by uh, really affecting a culture within Goodwill uh, that is a culture that people want to be a part of. Uh, an interesting thing uh, that people always ask me is, you know, can you bring people who want to, you know, give back? And, you know, we really want to hire people who want to engage and bring their talents, their skills, and their willingness to work hard to make a difference. So if it's a mindset of just kind of doing a favor, it's probably not a great teammate. Mm -hmm. But if it's a mindset of working hard and bringing your full intellectual and work ethic fortitude forward, then you'll probably work real well in our culture. Uh, and we try to be very, uh, uh, very excited and clear about the kind of work uh, that we do and the kind of culture that we try to create and hold each other accountable for. Sounds good. Are you able to um, work with the local affiliates? Do you promote people up through the local affiliate into the, into the uh, international? You know, across the national kind of networked organizations, we probably have uh, – I've not actually not – benchmarked it. But I would say that we have one of the more comprehensive uh, leadership development and management training programs. So we have um, management training that we use a train-the-trainer model with, so with local affiliates to help their workforce grow. We have a social enterprise certificate program so that all employees have an opportunity to build a stackable credential. We have uh, retail 101 train-the-trainer programs. But most, most uh, excitingly, we have opportunities for people to go into uh, senior leaders programs so that they can grow into more senior positions, uh, as well as uh, executive development programs for people to uh, strive to, to lead, uh, to lead a, a goodwill. Great. So we're nearing the end of our, our segment. Be a little visionary. What do you see going on for the, the nonprofit sector? Well, I think that, you know, we have a, uh, a society where uh, many people of wealth want to create their own not-for-profit, and they want to do it to have impact but also control. Mm -hmm. And what I see happening across the not-for-profit sector, uh, sector, as well as with uh, business and government, is we've got to get better in the world of collaboration. So we got to get clear on roles and responsibilities. We've got to get better at measuring. We got to stand tall on common goals and objectives. And when we get all of that done, we'll be able to drive collaborations in a way that have the impact that we're all striving for. But I think uh, I think it's going to be a balancing act between control and collaboration. Uh, and finding that sweet spot is where we're going to find the impact. Great. Thank you so much. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.